Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Square Ball Podcast. All right, it's the Square Ball Podcast number 72. Very nice number for it to be, indeed. Happy New Year to you. We're back after our winter break, and I would like to welcome back to the studio, Michael. Happy New Year, everyone. Moscow White. You creep. Hey. And Oddie as well. Ah, thank you. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, it's it's our fourth birthday, so uh, many happy returns to you. 28 in dog years. <laughs> Four years since we sat there on the back of a third round triumph, and it's almost exactly the same. Nothing's changed. Mm. Moving on. In that time, we've uh, we've won an award. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this. We won an award. We won not fan for, not for the podcast. No, we, no, we as in the magazine, the fanzine that we do. We do a fanzine as well, by the way. That won fanzine of the year in 2011. We were finalists in 2012, but didn't win. 2013, the final was just after recording of the last podcast, and of course, everyone knows by now uh, we didn't win. You, you all went to London. How was it? We did take a firm hand on a trophy at some point however and it was the, it was actually the fanzine trophy as well. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah that yeah. I tried to pinch yes I can remember us pinching the award being photographed with it and then talking to the guy from Stand Against Modern Football and all I can remember is him looking very upset by whatever I was saying to him so sorry about that but it could just be that he was misinterpreting my torrents of abuse <laughs> I don't know but that was a good do and um, Luis Suarez was there actual celebrity Proper footballer and stuff, and also a slightly chubby Olivier Bernard, who presented <laughs> an award. Didn't recognise him to begin with. Tony Cotty was there. Yeah. Anyone else? Ralph Innocent, off of the telly. Oh, oh, him. Oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. oh, he's just our friend. I mean, I don't really count him. Uh, <laughs> international um, enemy of Leeds United, David Conn. Spoke to him for a bit. What a horrible human being. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, to be fair, he did drag us in the pouring rain in completely the wrong direction for longer than we cared to be out in the pouring rain for sense of direction wrong um and we should send him out a dry cleaning bell moral compass <laughs> wrong anyway exactly <laughs> it's a wonder the international enemy of leeds night could find leeds from his international lair but that bar he did take us to was quite good i 
remember it being dowdy. None of the pubs in London that we went in seemed anything other than rough. Pub was quite good. I remember sawdust on the floor and paying upwards of £3 for a pint. Well, £3 would buy you two copies of the square ball. Seamless. Seamless. Issue 5 is the current issue. It's the one that came out against Barnsley just before Christmas. Uh, Look out for issue 6. That'll be with you in the coming weeks. White watching. Well, before we recorded last time, everything was going just fine. And then this happened. Well, actually, it started all right because we played Doncaster and we thumped them. But it sort of tailed off from there. So let's go back to the start of this run of games that culminates with the Rochdale defeating the Cup. Doncaster, nil, Leeds 3. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me? (laughs) Hit me? We always beat Doncaster now, which is comforting. That's a run of form that we could have done with starting before the playoff final. The beating Doncaster all the time. It could have saved a lot of trouble. Well, we'd have missed out on Bristol then. That was a nice nice day. True. Yeah, this wasn't a very nice day. 3-0 isn't the cliche to say that it flattered. What I remember is that it took... Michael Brown to come on and sort us out. That's how drastic it was. And it was from a, a set piece from Smith. He didn't take it, obviously. Mowat took it um, and put it on his head. And yeah, and then 1-0 for about an hour until we got uh, Michael Brown on to dictate matters. Well, basically what you're saying is it wasn't as easy as the scoreline suggests and we made slightly heavy weather of it, perhaps a sign of things to come. It was another one of these where McCormack's goal... It looked like he just got sick of arsing around. He just got the ball in the edge of the penalty area and just basically ran until he hit the goal line and then it was in the net. Take Literally taking the game by the scruff of its pants and sorting things out, which has been a theme of the season. You, Moscow, I think it was you, predicted in the last podcast that uh, Rudolf Austin would score a screamer. You were nearly right. He scored. wasn't quite a screamer, but he took it quite well. It was a half volley. And there's nothing wrong with a, a half volley is a perfectly respectable way to score. It didn't quite reach the land speed records that he's threatened to hit. But, um, yeah, decent finish and it's good to see him that far forward, watching for something to fall from the Matt Smith tree, as this did. Sort of, well, it sort of went over the forest of Mathieu and landed in the garden of Rudy for him to kick it into the river of... Doncaster. Does Doncaster have a river? Don. The Don. The Don. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it still the AIDS capital of Europe? Anyone know? Speaking about, we were talking earlier about, you know, having a title and losing yeah. it. I don't know if they managed to... Have they done the 2014 managed, awards yet? Managed to hold on to that. <laughs> that proud record. <laughs> and the winner is. <laughs> Which segues us neatly into Barnsley, I guess. People can't afford drugs in Barnsley. N- nil all, um, mm. this game. Uh, Ellen Road. Sh- should we have won, maybe? It was a fun day, this. Was it? We had everything. There was cheap beer, free mince pies. It was competition. Well, I didn't have any cheap beer or free mince pies. The, the, the board were Salah and David and... I don't know if Salim was there, but they were all handing out presents on the pitch before the I game. didn't give me any. Robbie Rogers was there. I didn't see him. <laughs> and they were giving out um, food to the homeless afterwards. If you had well, I'm not homeless. Over. Yeah, but you ate. I assume you've eaten. I can't even remember. It was a shit day, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but they laid on everything you could possibly want. No goals. That's nah, all I wanted. Goals are all. That's all I you. wanted. But what about life's goals? Life's achievements? You've still got those, aren't you? Aren't you still striving? You've to... got two kids now. It's fucked. So I have given up. <laughs> Largely. 
<laughs> ah, well, at least we didn't lose. Yeah, that is a start. That's about all yeah. we can say about this game. <clears throat> Not losing to Barnsley is a, is a big positive, I think. A very organised Barnsley side. There were two major problems we had with this one. One, that Mathieu had two easy chances and because the first one was saved by um, England's Jack Butland which we can call him that when he's up against Matt Smith one on one um, that kind of shot his confidence for the second one which he just I don't even it's one of those that you kind of history will judge him harshly for having missed that chance and then the other one was Mowat again um, having been I think he couldn't quite shake the disgrace of being subbed off for Brown once um, but he made it a bad one too by being subbed off the tongue this time even earlier at half time because he was going to get himself sent off um, so they had to rescue him with with Michelle Tungay as I like to call him are we, uh, are, we are you all going to apologise to me then for um, the Smith thing because I got loads of stick the other week when he scored a couple of goals now he's missing chances everywhere is he, is he shit again he's shit again now Scored against Doncaster, I think you'll find. That was ages ago. That was back in the day, that. That was um, last year. Our last goal was scored by Matt Smith. <laughs> well, fact. you know. Let's not bring statistics and facts into this. In fact, of the goals we scored over the Christmas period, I calculate that Matt Smith scored uh, 120% of them. <laughs> That's undoubtedly true. I don't know. This was the start of our problems, which has continued, of teams just lining up people across midfield and when it goes to our wing backs if midfield if their midfield don't let the wing backs running behind them we're in a bit of trouble really because yeah. there's no one for, there's no one stood further forward even even when we've brought on um Ariebe in games who looks very raw and doesn't particularly strike me as a brilliant player at this stage just having someone actually stood further up the pitch on a touchline seems to help us I think people have worked out how to play against us which is a wider issue right? but it, I think it started against Barnsley I was you sort of watching it thinking why aren't we ever getting forward? Why isn't? Why is there no chances? This was also the start of the sequence of assaults on Zaliukis, which mm. seems to be the other thing that teams have worked out against us. Is for some reason the, the final minutes it becomes open season on Marius's legs, Tudguy in this one, and then Blackpool, Broadfoot, Broad is wide <laughs> leg. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But either way, they just started kicking the shit out of Four years people have been putting up with this for <laughs> four long years. Well, and how much longer are we going to tolerate people kicking Marius Saliukas? This game was terrible. It was absolutely horrible to watch. I can't believe Sky actually put more of our games on after this game. It was one of the worst games I've seen. Brown and Tongue in midfield not doing it for you? <laughs> the axis of evil uh, reunited as well with Danny Pugh on the wing. I mean, Pugh is doing all right, but Brown, just in his little run of games that he had, just did everything to enrage me that he always did. This one, there was a point where Marius actually went over to him and was just like, stop it. Stop just picking needless fights with all the Blackpool players, because it's no good to anybody. This was the one where he dived at the end, pretending he'd been elbowed in the face, and it was one where he was just looking at any other team's player, you'd hate them. But then, so I'm kind of glad it's Michael Brown doing it for Leeds because I can, I hate him anyway. So it's it's all fine. It is, that's the awkward thing with Brown. It is one of those players that typically you would say, "Oh, you hate him when he plays against you," but when he's for you, you love him. But you don't. No, no. you watch him and you think, <laughs> "Fuck off, Michael Brown! What are you still doing here?" Yeah, 
Yeah. It stink, I, it stink in the place. Three out. years you've been here now. Fuck off. <laughs> and this was another game that ended with Marius San Lucas on the floor. Kicked by a man who shouldn't have even been there. Yes. Well, yeah, Michael Brown should have been sent off, but so should Broadfoot for a foul on McCormack, which for some reason the ref's off. Yeah, but, that, that was quite a breathtaking decision, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone could really understand it. Even even instant complain about the uh, the award of the free kick, so it, it must have been fair enough. Yeah, and if um, you're going to give the free kick, you have to give the red card. Yeah. Simple. Unless you're a prick. Yes. Uh, well, the re- his reasoning apparently was that he didn't have the ball under control, and is that not to do with the fact that somebody had wrestled him to the ground? Yes, because he had Kurt Broadfoot hanging around yeah. his neck. <laughs> if, if he didn't have the ball under control, what was the player doing kicking him well, if the ball wasn't near near to him? That's it. That makes it an even worse tackle. Mm. It's a good point. It is a very well. Anyway, listen. Um, Ince equalised. Um, probably deserved on balance. Do you think? No. There were not really any chances in the game. We deflected as well. Yeah. Don't count. Right. So about three points from this one. Were there any yeah. other chances in yeah. the whole game? No. I, it was just horrible. That's what our chance was better. Plus, it was scored <laughs> by a least a, least, a less likely player to score. Ince always scores, whereas Peltier hardly ever does, so Peltier should have scored, counted double. It's like an away goal. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. exactly. Yeah, good. So, because it ended in a draw, we should have won. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll have that then. Um, and from a, a bad game to an absolutely terrible game from our point of view, the Sunday after Christmas, uh, what can you say about the Forest away game? We can moan about Michael Brown some more. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do actually blame him for this from the start, because we, we were up against a team with three better midfielders than ours Andy Reid the other one and his mate (laughs) (laughs) Tom Dick and Harry yeah and it was clear that Michael Brown had been given the job go and mark Andy Reid because he's one of the best midfielders in the championship he's lost a little weight and now he's dangerous not just if you're a pie or a cake And, and instead he just spent the first 25 minutes kicking him until he inevitably got booked and then he couldn't kick him no more because he would be sent off. And then Rudy Austin, who appears to have lost his brains somewhere, <laughs> he got booked as well, and that meant it fell to Luke Murphy to try and do the rough stuff. He got bullied for the entire game in this. <laughs> yeah, basically. it was like a, it was like a young lad playing with bigger boys at the park, and every time he got it, they just they just ploughed into him, and he fell over. And because Brown, who I will blame because I hate, and Austin, who will excuse because I love him, um, <laughs> had ruled themselves out of all that rough stuff by being booked there was nothing anybody could do to save little smurf and from that moment on we were doomed but, doomed i tell you doomed but we did still almost get a point completely undeservedly because after having absolutely no penetration whatsoever we brought sam byram on and he ran with the ball down the wing to the touchline pulled it back and we scored a goal I mean, you're giving him a bit too much credit for the pullback because it was quite a shit pullback, which somehow fell to McCormack. Well, that's it. All he had to do was do a shit pullback and we score a goal. It wasn't <laughs> getting anywhere near their goal line. Even though we we clearly didn't deserve anything from this, it was still very annoying when, this, when that goal went in. It was a bit of one of those where it's not really fair because it was it was such a good goal. We weren't looking. We were still celebrating. Yeah, it, was, yeah. Never, it was too quick, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not. It was. It was too soon after we'd scored, and it was too good a strike for a player who's never scored as good a goal in his life. Are we disallowing it? Are we disallowing it and having a point then? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Three yeah, from Blackpool, so. one from this. I think we should also um, knock something off because all the Forest fans, because they hate Derby, they call Matt Derbyshire Matt Forest. So I think that kind of outrageous really? stupidity. And and goal music as well. Goal music as well. So that's yes. always 
So I'm almost looking at an away win here. The official square ball panel. Well, should, we, should we say, what about um, two <laughs> points? It's like a pools panel. Which yeah. Is yeah. Either, yeah. Well, why, why do we ta- to make it fair, we'll take two points and they have none. I'll take one and a half. Yeah. Probably. You can't do that, so we've got, we've got to have two. You can have one. I don't see why not. We do what we I mean, want. I'm introdu- <laughs> we're introdu- I'm introducing half points. Do you not know where Leeds United? <laughs> yeah. It's an entirely decimal league do you, to, uh, do you want to propose it? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I propose we have half points. Seconded. And either, even quarter points, if necessary. <laughs> motion motion carry. For the yeah. finer detail. <laughs> well, there were three and three quarter points up for grabs against Blackburn. <laughs> Blackburn. <laughs> new year, new start, same Yay. old shit. Uh, oh no, this was different shit. Oh, was because it? No, after, tell, me, tell me why. Just a different day. Tell me why. Because after we'd spent all Christmas just lumping the ball at Matt Smith, and seemingly against Brian McDermott's better advice, he said after Forrest that he was he felt we were doing too much of that, relying on that too much as a tactic, and we need to get the ball down and start passing it. So against Blackburn, we set out, we set our stall out and began ninety minutes of some of the slowest, <laughs> most pointless pedestrian, pedestrian, turgid, ponderous <laughs> passing I've ever scene. We brought Byram back and Byram, again, our goal was set up by Byram, going down the right channel getting to the, near the byline and nicking it across and then Smith put it in and they did it like, again later on and Smith just put it wide. Whenever we were trying to actually get the ball to him, it was going to Murphy would pass to Austin Austin would pass to Murphy Murphy would pass to Pierce Pierce would see Byram free on the right wing and he'd think, oh, I'm never going to get the ball all the way over there. So we give it the Lees. This is in actual real life speed as well, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And then Lees would like, kind of stop it and turn. Keep ball in training. And he'd just yeah. like, pass it, pass it. And doing nothing with it. Eventually send it out to Byron. Yep. And Byron's I just like, well, they're all marking me now. Yeah. As well, you're ignoring the countless times the defenders got it and turned to, towards Paddy Kenny. And went, oh, fuck, he's not got any legs working. <laughs> <laughs> but still pass it to him anyway. <laughs> we can't kick it, but we can't do anything else with it, so... Yeah. You sort it out. There was a good couple of points when Danny Pugh got down the wing and put a couple of good crosses in. But he Matt never Smith got, got nowhere near them. He was a bit too fast for everybody else yeah. to catch up, to be but honest. But then he wasn't fast enough to ever get back. It was like we were playing that without true, a yeah. left back at certain And Pierce did that as well because he, he went trundling up onto the left wing <laughs> at some point yeah. and just stayed there. His and strong point, where he's most yeah. effective, we know this. And then the first half just became a matter of hiding behind my hands every time they just ran through in the middle. Through ball after through ball, chance after chance. And how they only managed to score once was amazing. Well, they didn't. According to this, they scored twice. Yeah, but one of them was a set piece. They can't afford Jordan Rhodes either, so his goal should yeah, be yeah, I was, mm. was going to say, I, I quite fancy knocking at least a quarter, if not a half a point. The financial off. fair. This is another alteration. Financial fair play rules. Yeah. If you can't afford a player, his goals don't count. Knock off an eighth of a point for every game that he played in. <laughs> okay. I'll have an eighth. And this was the one. We also need to. Uh, Bear in mind that we're up against an absolute cheating of a Mancunian referee, Mr. Anthony Taylor. Yes, the of Mancunia, <laughs> Manchestershire. Never was Manchestershire. Yes. Um, not only that, but he's a he's an avowed Altrincham fan. You know who plays at Altrincham? Manchester United reserves. Yeah. So if a player is going to lie down behind your striker when he's running through on goal, as if one of their other defenders is going to push him over, like clowns do. Exactly. I'm going to say that's a foul. Especially if he manages to take out their defender as well. But no, no free kick. Not not anything, in fact. No, mate, you're not having a free kick there. What he did do, though, which was which was 
a superb bit of refereeing after Ross had put the ball out for a throw in rather than just give it back to them and they weren't happy about it. He then randomly booked two players yeah. to, to stamp his authority on things. I, I bet <laughs> he does not know what he booked. He booked McCormack in a Blackburn player. It was just one of those things. He just went, over, right, this is my game. <laughs> two people, one from either side, so it's fair. You can both just have a yellow card and think about what you've done. And he, I bet he wouldn't be able to explain that and he also wouldn't be able to explain now why those two Blackburn players who were injured in that incident didn't have to go off after they were treated because that's what caused the problem mm. not only was McCormack angry about not getting the free kick and then even angrier about them not being sent off for denying him a clear goal scoring opportunity that he probably would have missed and even more of an insult then said okay we've got two physios on the pitch we've got like a three minute stoppage yeah just carry it just stay on you know that rule where you have to go off and come back on it nah fuck it we won't bother <laughs> How about you lads stay there and defend whatever leads do now? And that was quite right. Everyone round we round where we were was saying the fuck McCormack should give them the ball back. And in the end, I mean, it was bad enough that we let them have a throw in, and they were all a bit oh we didn't want the throw in from there. Fuck off! You're lucky <laughs> that you even getting the ball in the first place, and then pissing about. It was Scott Dan who came really he's like oh I could get a fight in here because then I'll put the ball back where we want it. Twats. He bottled every single big decision as well because I thought they had a penalty, should have had a penalty in the first half. I don't know how it looked to me. I've not seen a replay, but mm. there was a tackle kind of oh, in the six yard box where I'm pretty sure he. Who was it? Was oh, it? no, it was Murphy. It Murphy. was a great tackle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was. I think all right. Murphy got. I think he got the. Uh, the way I saw it was that he did get the ball, but only after he had gone through both of his legs <laughs> to get to it. But then there was also the one where Smith was um, going yep. for a across and the basically defender stood at the side of him and just pushed him back and forth between them for a while until the ball had gone yeah. and there was the one with uh, Tom Lees who I thought was absolutely outstanding mm. in that game with the goal and clearance and shit who practically just forearm smashed someone in the back of the head yeah and which a, I really liked <laughs> and there was another one where Ari Eby was running into the box and just clearly had his shirt pulled yes. he didn't go down or anything but he quite obviously just grabbed him as he ran past him and the, again the referee didn't give anything and then further in the game DJ Campbell went through on goal and was fouled yeah. and it, that would have been a red card as well I bet oh oh DJ Campbell and he, and he didn't give anything for that so basically any major decision he had to make he just ignored really just went, oh, Campbell worth- Claxon what an absolute prick DJ Campbell is has he done anything particularly to upset you did you lose a bet to him no that I'm not foolish enough to give him money for bets all DJs are pricks yeah um, when they scored their first goal giving it large in front of the cop because they're giving him some abuse yeah what, what's that all about well he's, you know, he's I was waiting for Tom Lee to give him a high five in the face with <laughs> a fist it's worth just finish off on the referee remembering that this is the cheating freak who uh, last time he was at Elland Road had already sent off grade or he'd sent off a Middlesbrough player for not much and then when Marvin Emnez dived he which he does over. regularly he went over with his yellow card ready to book him for diving and then thought nah actually showed it to Housen for his second yellow and sent him off just I think as well when he sent it to Housen I think he'd forgotten he'd already booked him slightly he sort of went ah oh, I've got my yellow card out of my pocket he's like oh booking somebody for diving that might be a bit controversial I'll just pretend it was a foul oh shit I've sent him off I don't like this guy good referee aside we didn't deserve to win but um, we did because of the deducted points for Rhodes Doing well then this this Christmas mm-hmm. period. It's going pretty well so far. Uh, into the cup uh, where we witness well the magic of the cup over at Spotland. We're uh, going to struggle here, aren't we, with uh, points deduction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do we get a buy into the next round? No, we don't. We were absolutely awful, and, and I don't even think there's anywhere there's, there's nothing humorous behind which we can hide here with this game. It was just 
fucking awful, wasn't it? It wasn't quite as bad as West Ham. That's my mm. only consolation. And it wasn't anywhere near as funny as Scum. However. But yeah, if we have to talk about this, this is a bit upsetting. It wasn't a Magic of the Cup win, was it? It was just we were utterly shit, weren't we? <laughs> I don't know why we suddenly went with the 3-4-3 three, three thing. And I don't know why Lees was dropped. And I don't know what Wharton was doing back when he clearly didn't know what he was doing. The formation as a whole was a bit confusing. Byron and McCormack both seemed to be playing right wing at the same time, a lot of the time, which left Smith. Tactical, tactical error. Tactical Against error. Rochdale. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say, Rochdale had that bloody Keith Hill, who is not only a snappy dresser, but has yeah, been Yeah, it was a strange outfit, wasn't it? It was kind of half farmer, half country gent. Country gent, yeah. Sort of. well, do, it was, do a Google image search. He's got a lot of different variations on that same theme. But he always managed to organise Barnsley to beat us, and he's just taken that magic to Rochdale. He applied for the Leeds job, apparently. Well, at least he wouldn't be beating us. I think after Grayson left, I think he applied for it. Should have had him. <laughs> at <laughs> least we won't have to play against him. But yeah, so it was all just strange. It was strange up until the last 20 minutes, which is when it really got annoying. And I made my notes about what was going on in the last 20 minutes. From 70 minutes, we had a Murphy with a last-ditch tackle on the six-yard line, which stopped a certain goal. Then on 76 minutes, they had a golden chance to score. On 77 minutes, they had a golden chance to score. On 80 minutes, they had a golden chance to score. 83 minutes, they scored. <laughs> 84 minutes, they had another golden chance to score. 978, no one died. <laughs> this was like every, every single minute. There was just, it could have been, how many is that? Because I can't count. One, two, Six. three, four, five. And they only scored one of them. It could have been, and that would have been on top of the one they'd already scored. What, six plus, what? Seven, seven nil. Seven. Imagine if that had been, we wouldn't be talking about West Ham Forest if it had been Rochdale seven, Leeds United nil. And then in injury time, when you'd be hoping that there'd be a small chance that our players would sort of wake up and try and chase it, they just passed it around for 50 seconds. Nearly a minute, uninterrupted Rochdale pass and move. I'm blaming Hunt for this because <laughs> yes. it was when he we'd been crap all game but when he came on we I think from that point on we didn't touch the ball mm. it seemed to be his entrance prompted a change in formation which made us somehow even less effective than we'd already been for 75 minutes did we go 4-4-2 at the end Cause it's we hard ended... to tell because we never had the ball it was just, we, were just <laughs> had, we just had everyone in the box more or less just a, say, sea, a sea of bodies because they were just battering us it was like we were holding on to a lead against Barcelona or something because the same thing happened against Blackburn when um, we went to 4-4-2 and we had Lees at right back for the, like the last 15 minutes and we were awful we couldn't get near them and this was the same thing where we just made the change changed the formation and it was just like game over well we're out of the cup we weren't going to win it anyway. No. Didn't think we'd lose it quite like this. Concentrating on the league is the positive. At least the fans who travelled got the chance to tell the players how much they loved them at the end. <laughs> Took it well, well, I thought. Yeah. A big, big show of, uh, of shared sympathy. Do you know what I liked was that McDermott stood there and took it, whereas when the same thing happens to Warnock, he grabbed Ross Barkley... And, and hid behind and him. hid as he, yeah. went, as he hid went behind up the pitch. A, yeah. a teenage boy, yeah, a teenage superstar. Well, at this point, our teenage superstar looked like he was. There's, there's, um, if you look at Byron when that's going on, there's a massive gulp <laughs> as he looks at the fans. He's trying to clap, but he also looks like he's going to cry. Oh, at least McDermott seemed annoyed about it because going back to the Forest West Ham game, did you see Allardyce's interview after that, yeah, where he yeah. just kind of went, you know, I've got some. Injuries probably played a few youngsters, so you know we're going to lose five. I thought we'd do a bit better than that. Not bothered really. 
Yeah. At least, which which would have made me. I was quite angry hearing him say it, and I don't really give a yeah. shit about West Ham. And McDermott did say that's his one of his worst moments in football, and that yeah. includes a player defeat with Reading. So. And he could have made it not as bad if he hadn't had if he hadn't gone into the middle of the pitch and stood while yeah. two and a half thousand. Had that fans. been Warnock, it'd be somebody else's fault. Fans. Yeah, yeah, um, the referee. In all of these games, actually, we've complained about the referee for ages, but McDermott hasn't, which I found quite nice actually, because the Blackburn game, it would have been very we we didn't deserve anything from that game, and it would have, but because of the refereeing decisions, it would have been very easy to come out and put the blame squarely on him, but like we just did, like we just did. <laughs> but you know, that's we're our least, job. But that's what exactly. Yeah. If had it been Warnock in charge, he would have been he would have just gone through in the post match interview and said we should have had two penalties, they should have had a man sent off, mm. we should have won this game. It's not fair. It's the referee's fault. Whereas the actual truth of it is that we didn't play very well. The news. Well, it's all been happening, gents, um, since we last spoke. We're talking takeover talk and we are talking transfer talk. I assume there's been lots of both. Uh, lots of talk. Let, let's try and, and work through this in some sort of uh, legible order then. Cameron Stewart, the first name to have really popped up on the radar. Premier League winger. Years ago. 1950s film star. Sounds like that. It feels like we've been linked to him since the 1950s. And then ever since then, we've been waiting, waiting. No, it turns out we can't have him anyway. Yes, we're not allowed due to the uh, three clubs in a season rule by all accounts, are we? Why, why is that a rule? You know, people like DJ Campbell that cheat. Yeah. <laughs> that. So you're not allowed to... So you're allowed to cheat for two clubs? Yeah. You can match fix for two clubs a season? Three's yeah. right out. It's just FIFA's attempt at keeping things fair and equal. Which is what they're all about. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, I mean, on the time of recording this, which is Wednesday the 8th of January, we are in the midst of apparently finalising a deal for him, uh, albeit a 93-day loan. We should probably say at this point that we are under the uh, shadow of a Salem Patel smiley face as we speak. We have since beginning recording checked Twitter and seen that he has tweeted a smiley face. So we don't know... It's like the four-minute warning. It's like yeah. the, the world could end at any moment. Something could happen. Did we not get one of those when we signed Habib Habibu, though? <laughs> oh, no. Is that, is, it was just is that what it always means? Is he back? Is he coming back? I hope so. Well, he's just signed for Ghent, but he's not played for them yet, so we should be... Um, I think we could still... Nip in there. Yeah, we could feel him. That Smith-Habibu <laughs> partnership that we've all been looking forward to. Well, throughout the course of this week, it's been another Premier League player has been linked to us who has been revealed in the media today to be Jimmy Kebe. Um, so thoughts on, on the two players then. Obviously, we need wingers. No doubt about it. Would you like these two? I'd like Jimmy Kebe. I've not actually seen enough of Cameron Stewart to know if he's any good, really. I've seen all three of his goals for Charlton this well, season. Well, they've been good. And they've all been ace. But do you remember when we've signed pretty much every player ever and there's always been a YouTube is... clip of them there's still, they're still well, probably on there one of uh, a compilation someone made of Ian Westlake scoring loads of really good goals I remember seeing that and thinking you know we've got a right we've got a right player here well the, the, you can temper expectations there isn't a compilation because he's only scored three so you actually have to hunt them hunt them down so you know expectations aren't raised too high plus one of them was against us so he's got he kind of combines that looks good on YouTube with Billy well that's got to be worth deducting a quarter of a point yeah. Well, yeah, we get that. We might get. Well, we won that game. It was Charlton, so we might get an extra point, extra, yeah. extra half point. Maybe? Just take that goal off and give it to us. So we won five one. Okay. But yeah, so he's combining kind of that um, 
De Costa looks good on YouTube-ness with the Billy Painter always scores against us-ness in one um, package that we can only have for 93 days anyway. So, yeah. With Jimmy Kebe, um, I didn't realise he was 29. Uh, one player we appear not to be in for is Max Gradle because McDermott has ruled it out as unlikely. Could mm. be going to Hull, but the journals in Hull say negative. It was a nice dream. It's a sign for us and me not going to Hull. Obviously, it would improve us massively. I'd never like. I don't really like going back for players. I would rather. John I would Lukic, r- David Patty. Mm, okay, maybe <laughs> Lee Chapman. Oh, well, that yeah. loves. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like Gradle back. Don't be wrong. If we signed him, I'd be pleased. But mm. we shouldn't be get fixated on him. It's just like we shouldn't get fixated on uh, Becky, for example. Yeah, Luciano. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice. I'm sure you agree, Moscow. Sort of. um, one linked to Derby. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> one winger we have brought in then um, can someone say his name for me because I don't want to attempt it can phone his mum see if she can say it Gboli Aribi yes one of those letters has got to be silent it's either the G or the B I don't know what do you think anyway he came on trial and we've decided to give him a pop until the end of the season came on ran around a bit looked a bit raw a little bit lost but you know could cause problems looked very much like an looked 18 looked a bit lost fit in right well then yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's a, his um, presence has been a bit of a kick in the bollocks for Polion, who had previously held the bring him on to run around aimlessly position, <laughs> and he's been knocked down the pecking order by this guy. Uh, I don't know. He, he'd never even played a game, I don't think, at a, at a senior level before no. signing for us, so you can't expect him to be brilliant on his first two half games that he's, he's managed to play so far. But because he's been um, signed the way he has, expectation levels are obviously enormous, so... I've already seen people writing him off. He's a player we would have... You would ordinarily have signed someone like this when you already had three or four wingers in your squad Mm. so he wouldn't be anywhere near the team, but the fact we don't have any... Transfer-wise, we're we're sort of feeding on scraps a little bit, aren't we, really? McDermott has at least identified we need wingers, which is reassuring, because Warnock seemed to ignore that. He He went, who do it... His first thing in the transfer market was, how do I get Paddy Kenny? Yes. And everything else was. I, don't, I know we already had a perfectly acceptable goalkeeper, but it was like, how do I get Paddy in? Brown is already here, so that's sorted. Clint. Tongy, I'll get him eventually. Yeah. In his last days, he was still hoping to get Ched Evans on parole. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We're, we're, hey, we're retaining the services of uh, Marius Jalukas anyway, which is uh, is good news. He signed the contract extension. Is this until the end of 2014-15? If we could, and get- with immediate effects, his forms dipped. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of... He didn't do well for Rochdale's first goal. But if we yeah, could get... Yeah, but people have been uh, kicking him to fuck. True. If we could get oh, a yeah. winger as good as Marius Salukas is a defender for the same price, it would be a fucking miracle, frankly. God, he's good. Good. Let's hope he remains that way. The transfer situation then really hinging on the whole takeover thing. Again, as we said, we're in the midst of that. We're still awaiting final confirmation. Um, I always feel like we should... Like Salem Patel's smiley face is like a threat level now. You know, I'll, Defcon I'm, four. Yeah. <laughs> we've we're beyond. We're not at a wink, and we're not a. We're not yet got as high as a big grin. It's not. Um, it's not a colon, a dash, and a capital D. We're still just standard emoticon. They should have it on LUTV. You should always have it in the corner. What Salem Patel's <laughs> last emoticon was. Um, we're, we're in limbo a little bit, aren't we? I think that's that's the feeling. People fed up with the, all the talk, as we as we said it then. A little while back, um, it's been confirmed that Andrew Flowers, he of in- Enterprise Insurance fame, is involved in this consortium. No identities have been added to this yet. Um, Verdi, the rich man. 
Well, some say yes, some say no. That's another tease, isn't it? He's mm. been tweeting about and Hayes tweeting, oh, I'm it's, meeting him for a cup of tea. And well, this with, with the whole smiley face thing, it's all just that little bit amateurish, isn't it? I saw some theories about David Hague sort of buying in Twitter followers as well, which is slightly... Well, did you know I've been researching this? I didn't. I did. I have I have been researching this. And he's gone from in the region of about 65,000, 70,000 three months ago to over 120,000 now. And I've got the day-by-day stats and compared it to the Leeds United account, which has grown organically by about somewhere 20 to 50 followers per day on a nice steady curve. Then you look at David Higgs' curve, and it sort of gradually levels, levels, goes down, goes down, goes down. Huge spike upwards, 3,500 one day, 7,500 the next day, then another 1,000 the day after that, 250 the day after that, and then down by 20, down by 30, down by 18. Da, da, da. Massive spike again, <laughs> massive spike again. Why, why, would, you, why would you do this? Be- be- because he is obsessed with PR, perhaps, just as an idea, in my opinion. Or he's got a PR company or obsessed with earning their money working for him, which is possibly yeah. a bit likelier. It's a bit strange, anyway. Uh, it, yeah. does make, it does make you wonder why the MD of a football club would have over twice as many followers on Twitter as the football club itself. Because they've all been bought, allegedly. But um, how many of them will be uh, residents of Northampton South? Have you researched their geographic... I, I haven't. That could have been, you know, a big. Is it the Robbie Rogers effect? It could. Yes, it could be. Whatever the Robbie Rogers effect. <laughs> Getting kind of nervous, whatever it is. Being, <laughs> just being with him in a picture. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Get over it. But back on topic. Don't we need some sort of closure now? Stability, because the instability, the uncertainty is fueling paranoia and discontent. We are very paranoid. As you have on here from the uh, from the official website, the club can confirm the group uh, includes lifelong Leeds United fan, um, a managing director of the club's main sponsor, Enterprise Insurance, Andrew Flowers. That is a good thing. You think, lifelong Leeds fan, with money, already involved with the club. Brilliant. Exactly the sort of person we want. What does he want, though? Yeah. Oh, who is, is, he this? Do who is this fucker? <laughs> why, why, why are they confirming that he's involved, but they aren't confirming that it's complete? And who are the other two? Can I just chuck a theory in here, a hand grenade into this? I don't think he's the problem. I think it's the general modus operandi, what they're doing, how they're going about it. Every time they tweet something, people jump on it. And so both sides kind of know, well, ought to know, to shut up. Yes, they're, very, they're playing to the crowd, aren't and they? And it's very yeah. much in Haig's control to shut up and just buy the club since he works for the company that currently owns yeah. it. And Especially it's basically buying the club from himself. He could just, just do it. Just shut up and do it. <laughs> It's basically what it comes down to. Unless the other theory is that Sean Harvey's holding it all up, which I'm quite happy to put out there. And there's no truth in it as such, but it works in the Football League, doesn't it? So, you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, crack on with it. Anyway, speaking of Sean, the emails have transpired from when Leeds City Council attempted to buy Thorpe Arch at Kenneth's behest. Um... That's not painting a very good picture of Ken and Sean, is it? Um, it makes them look like incompetent wannabe bullies. So I don't think it's particularly damaging to either of them, given their current. Which standing. of course they're not. <laughs> oh no, it's just how they it's how they appear to, to some to some people. But perception, uh, as we know, doesn't always reflect reality. Just just sometimes, it's more incompetence than anything else. Because as the deadline to buy Thorpe Arch back for six million quid ran out. It looked like they just went to the council and said, can you just do it? You buy it for us. Go and borrow some money and you'll do it. And the council said, well, 
who who would we be buying it for? And Sean Harvey's response was basically, you can't, you surely have no justification for asking that kind of question. And then dangled, uh, he dangled this weird thing about um, whether the council had asked uh, the people buying Leeds Bradford Airport the same questions. And we don't actually have Leeds City Council's response, but I wouldn't be surprised if they said yes. Actually, we did. So, you know, <laughs> cough up because it then, um, it then, you know, it didn't buy. The Bates at the time said that he decided to pull the plug on the deal 20 minutes before the deadline because of 13 demands from Leeds City Council. And, and he, did, he did go on to say that it's a shame because things could have been sorted out with more time. Yeah. Which, if only he'd known about this deadline for the previous, what was it at this stage, five years or something he'd been yeah. at the club. If only he'd known about that previously, he could have maybe gone to the council years before, but mm. rather than about 15 minutes before the uh, the deadline. He went, Can I have 15 million pounds? You don't need that much. All right, just six, five. <laughs> just give me some money. <laughs> well, it was the second time. This followed up the, the, their attempts to get the council to bail us out before the administration, where Sean Harvey said that he had 10 million quid matched if the council could come up with 10 million quid and then the club wouldn't have to go into admin. He said, surely that's what we all want. So the council said, all right, well, who are these people with the 10 million quid? He's like, I can't, I don't know why you're asking all these questions. And it, and again, it didn't happen. Um, didn't he also try and claim at that point that he wanted the club to buy the ground because then they could put a 50 million pound asset on their books or something? Yeah. yeah. And they went, actually, it's only worth, the land's only worth 5 million. And he went, oh, well, this. Details. Shush. <laughs> these are the kind of details that shouldn't bother a top level executive in the world of football. At least they don't seem to bother Sean. But anyway, I think well done to Leeds Council anyway, because <laughs> had they lent him the money, it would have just probably delayed Ken's exit because it would have given him less rent to pay. Yeah. And at no point would the saving in rent stroke increased value to the club have been spent on footballers and things. So it would have been of absolutely no benefit to Leeds United whatsoever. Or reflected in ticket prices, which didn't Ken say it was... Six pound a ticket or something. Yeah, he always used to say. Yeah, but he was—he yeah. used to talk shit. That's the we thing. know that. <laughs> if someone paid us to play at Ellen Road, the ticket prices wouldn't have gone down. Oh well, listen. Let's wrap up the rest of the stuff in this section then. Uh, Brendan Ormsby, we want to wish him all the very best. He had a stroke the day after the Barnsley game. Um, apparently recovering well, and he's aiming to run the Jane Tomlinson 10k uh, charity race in July in Leeds. Uh, all the best. Brendan Ormsby. Ross Killick is staying on loan at Chester until the end of the season. They're both on the season-long loans there, aren't they? The Turner Twins. It's like a little gang a little of... little trio of... Of Leeds players. And we scamps. Met, we uh, also... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, losing in the... Uh, no, let's be more positive. Also not winning at the FSF Awards with the people from Chester's fanzine who were... Uh, when we, we took over some of the booze that we'd stolen in a very magnanimous gesture to share with... No, the with booze them. we couldn't drink... <laughs> Because we had too much on our table. Yeah, we only had... That we'd stolen. We, we ran out of time, rather than friends. Yeah. So we decided to make some friends, and they told us that they uh, that, that annoying Colo, Colo Torre, Ya 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 Torre song that gets sung, they do it about Lewis and Nathan Turner at Chester, which is nice. I like that. I like the thought of that. Cult, yeah. little cult heroes from our reserve team, Development Blazing Squad. They seem quite pleased with all of our players anyway, but yeah. they are at quite a low level compared to us, so... Speaking of teams at a low level compared to us Sheffield United yes A.D. Yes. White he's come back they've knackered him but they appear to want him forever well he didn't say forever <laughs> he just said that uh, he's got a sprained ankle so he's come back played eight games and plus says if he gets fit again when not if let's be optimistic <laughs> it's not another Ben Parker situation they'd think seriously about having him back because he's done well for them so he's finally achieved something and on the Sheffield United tip, final word in this section to Mr. Neil Warnock. He's been chirruping again. There's two ways we could do this. We could either go through it at some length or we could just say Neil Warnock has been talking bollocks and move on. Let's go through <laughs> it at some length. Um, oh. Preferably in, uh, in Neil's voice. Well, he was asked to reflect on 2013 in his independent column that he bizarrely still writes despite having no particular role within the game or being of interest to anybody outside of his house. And the, he said the big disappointment for him was not being able to get Leeds United into the playoffs and maybe the Premier League, something I really believe we had the chance of doing 12 months ago. Then he bangs on about that, um, the one time when we beat Tottenham once. And um, and then um, I said to Brian McDermott when he took over... That's he, not how he speaks. <laughs> I, said to, uh, I said to Brian McDermott, he's a lovely fella, he... Uh, um, I'd, I've met him a few times at, uh, at, at Reading and I'd always, uh, what I always used to do is used to, uh, I used to keep a little cloth in my pocket and when he'd come over he'd just like rub it on his, on his head as if I was polishing it like a, like a, a snooker ball like the old, uh, the old bold, bold comedian that used to be on there uh, used to be on the television what was he called? Al Murray like Al, Al, Al Murray um, so I said, and I said that to him when he came to Leeds and he was taking over my job and obviously I was uh, even though I'd, I'd you see, you're saying all oh, this is a joke, and what you're about to say sounds like it'll be part of your joke, but he actually said he actually said it. So yeah. you might have to you might have to change voice to, to point out what he actually said because it's it's no less ludicrous is than it, is it, uh, Brian McDermott when he took over. It's like what was Warnock doing still there when Brian McDermott <laughs> took over? There was a good like couple of weeks between him moving on. Messaged him on Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Amy showed me how to uh, Snapchat. Uh, Amy. So, uh, that's his daughter. That's oh, is that his daughter? I say, I mean, Sharon, his wife. Sharon doesn't know how to Snapchat. <laughs> she does. She sends. She, she, she sends me. <laughs> anyway, Amy uh, showed me how to use that uh, snip Snapchat on her uh, on her phone like there, uh, and so I sent one to uh, sent one to Brian, who apparently sends her pictures all the time. Uh, 
I said what I'm about to see what to Brian said uh, what it was because because uh, you got you can't it's not like phoning somebody or sending them a text you got to do uh, it's pictures and you then you know write a little phrase so I sent him a picture of a, a cake but uh, there was no icing on it <laughs> so I was saying that and then uh, <laughs> and then and then you just said for a second I got a call on the I got a call on the house phone and. Uh, and Sharon answered on the house phone and she said and she told me it was Brian I was there it was funny because I was just I was just uh, sending him a picture of this cake and he he played Mary Hell with me actually he wanted to know what I was playing at and, uh, I explained to him uh, I'd left him a good squad there you know Brownie and Paddy and uh, and Brownie there as well so I told him all, all that cake needed was uh, just the icing on it and they'll probably be Premier League champions within a couple of seasons I don't know where we are at the moment. <laughs> what, what he actually said, which I think is important, this is a genuine... Qu- I changed the playing side of the club around, got rid of a lot of dead wood and built the base. Got rid of a lot of dead wood. Should we, should we, that, just, should we just list some of the players he signed? Hang on, let's get, think about the dead wood first. Becchio. <laughs> yeah, got rid, of, yeah, got rid of that useless 20 goals in half a season wanker. Uh, and he built the base with, like, Varney. Yes. Tongy. He got Brownie signed up for another year. Uh, Morrison obviously mm-hmm. doing a cracking job well don't forget Ryan Hall was there for the future he got Ryan Hall for the future that was the, that's the that, Jufy don't forget the Jufy Jufy who can't come to training because his mother-in-law's got a cold or again something. that's the most that's the most Warnock-esque thing that Brian McDermott said yeah he's <laughs> come out with the bullshit that El Jufy somehow can't come to training because his mother-in-law is ill Paul Green David Norris just to list another couple of players who are, who form this base. It's a fucking wide base, isn't it? <laughs> this base of central plodders that he seems to have signed for us. Yes. So yeah, if you he also that- said eight of the eleven he picked for Forest last Sunday, he inherited from me. A game That's in not which a plus. Yeah, a game <laughs> in which we were fucking battered. <laughs> well, as Bon Jovi may well sing, we are halfway there. Not sure if we're living on a prayer yet, but. We're past the halfway mark of the season, into the new year and into the second half. The run-in, the downslope, we're over the hump. The business end. On the home stretch. Oh, we're, not, we're not into the... Bu- the business end isn't probably till March, is it? March, April, yeah, Easterish. Yeah. Is it squeaky bum time or can I wait? You should have gone before you came in. Yeah. <laughs> and what we will do in this bit then, this is our half-term report card type podcast section. So I'll ask you to give a mark from an arbitrary scoring system of your choice to the season so far, the first half of the season, and justify your mark. Are we all okay with that? Yes, sir. Splendid. Let's plough on. Now, who's going first, then? I'll go for the uh, Kerrang! magazine form of scoring, which is a big K. (laughs) How many Ks do you want to give our season so far? Please not three. Please not three. K, K, K. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to go three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Wise choice. (laughs) Yes, a very wise decision. Yes, well done, sir. Is that what's that out of? Five, right? So three and a half k's out of five. Yes, I'm going yeah. three because we're better than we were last season. The half is we haven't got Warnock, and that in McDermott I trust. Okay, I think eventually he's doing the right thing. I've elected to use the scoring scale from Dressage. Okay, as a bit of a nod to uh, Matthew. Because I imagine he spent some time watching some horse ballet. Yes. In his, um, and first, first um, reference the the entire score. So, how many is this out of? What's the? Well, it's um, depending on which source you hastily look at on the internet before speaking. It's either out of nine or ten. Okay. Um, 
they judge it on different levels. So the gates have to be judged, which is freedom and regularity of movement. Okay. And I'm going for a four, insufficient, as far as the gates of our club is concerned. However, impulsion, which is the horse's desire to move forward and the rider's elasticity of grip, I would say satisfactory, <laughs> which is a six. Because I, I think our horse does certainly have a desire to move forward. And McDermott's grip has been firm, yet <laughs> elastic. So um, is that is that an overall score of 10, or are there more categories? No, there's... there's um, uh, 14 more categories, just... <laughs> <laughs> just bear with it. Remember, the other one is submission, which is the, <laughs> the horse's attention and confidence. And I would say we're at number five marginal. Uh, we, are, we do have quite an attentive horse, but not very confident. And then I think, and then the riders, uh, there's not a name for the rider's seat and position, but you, you have to look at its correctness and the effect it has. And I would say our position is fairly good, seven, and but the effect that we're having upon the horse presently, um, I would say is marginal. So we're coming out somewhere between, somewhere five and six-ish, but whether it's out of nine or ten, I'm not sure. But that's my opinion. Okay, can we go five out of nine or six out of ten then? Uh, Why don't we say 5.5 out of (laughs) 9.5? Yeah, See, I always thought dressage was a load of silly posh bollocks, but now you've explained the scoring system, I'm I'm appreciating it in a whole new way. Yes. Well, it's worth pointing out that it depends which level of competition you're at. Yeah, that's worth pointing out. I think that's the... um, Oh, I've I've found a a word that describes Luke Murphy, uh, Piaf. A calm, composed and elevated trot in place. See, it's it's a decent metaphor for our current team. So Luke Murphy gets his own special mark, which is Piaf. So we're going to run with, yeah, 5.5 out of 9.5, just to even things off, yeah? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Follow that. Michael? About 15. Out of? Not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's not a bad score. What would be a good score? About 80. <laughs> it's not a it's not a consistent scale. <laughs> a logarithmic scale. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's some numbers missing. <laughs> so um, you've arrived at the arbitrary, an unreferenced score of 15. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's your thinking behind that score? I just think, you know, we're eighth and that's, you know, times that by two. You're not far off 15, <laughs> are you? <laughs> Times it by two, minus the number of goals that... Um, who scored one goal? No one scored one goal for us, have they? Shit. Peltier. There you minus go. the number of goals that Peltier scored. Yes. That's where we're at. Excellent. But it's not too bad overall. I'm mm. quite happy. What would be a bad score? More like 12. <laughs> so 12's a bad score, but 15's all right. And yeah, 80 and 80's really good. Really good. Well, I, I just... No one's ever got 80. <laughs> just to round this up. <laughs> one got 80. <laughs> just to round this off I'm going to try and bring it somewhere back into the uh, into reality and give it I, I can't, I'm sort of torn between a C plus and a B minus in the old old fashioned public school type oh yeah rep- actual report card not funny I just got a clip around the ear at my school yeah um, and what, what would you C plus B minus 32 C <laughs> I'll, well, I'll, I'll enough say to, enough to hold on for, to, <laughs> for the second half of the season. I'll say I will say C plus with a view in the second half of the term to achieving maybe a B. Okay, a and straight what, B. What made you decide on a C plus? I think 
in a similar vein to Oddie's K's, we're doing all right, better than we were last year, clearly. Progress moving forward, but still quite limited. By, our, by our friends. Is it? Is it because we're misbehaving in class because we're still hanging around with some of the old guys? Yeah, that. Yeah, well, we've we've said before Brownie. about Brown being the one at the back of the bus, lobbing stuff forward. Your hope for a B. What does a B get us? Um, playoffs. But we need to stop hanging around with Brownie. And if we go mm. up by some miracle in the playoffs, it could be an A minus. Eh? It'd, it'd be a bit harsh to hold back on the on it being a straight A. I think going up in the playoffs. In in context of what we've got at our disposal up to this point, and given that we don't yet know what this takeover will bring. Yeah, I think any sort of promotion would probably be a straight A. We get um, 64 for a promotion. <laughs> On mine. So, let's let's have a look at the, the half season so far. Highlights, lowlights, where we're at. What, what What's the situation for you? First game, we're good. Probably the highlight of the season so far, beating Brighton. <laughs> the last minute, in particular. Million pound Murphy. Yeah, it was, I mean... The sun was shining, Murphy was scoring, everything was good. We practically sold out issue one of the magazine in one day. Yeah. Oh, great days. Oh. Riding the crest of a wave. All downhill since then. It was almost like we had our cup final win in the very first game. And now we've got that kind of, we're just having the stumbling and crumbling towards the Northern Area final, because it wasn't quite a Wembley thing. We're going back <laughs> through... We're regressing, aren't we? We're just regressing. Let's have a look at what we brought in players-wise. Luke Murphy in for a a mill, as reported, thanks to the lovely finances of some strange loaning company. Matt Smith came in for Nout. Noel Hunt, nothing. Scott Wooton, um, undisclosed. Not the million pounds, we think, the Daily Mail bloody reported it as, because he was going to be out of contract, wasn't he? So um, Yes, plus we didn't have another million to spare after Luke. I think that if he lifts the World Cup in Brazil, that's when we pay a million pounds. Could happen. Jalukas, uh, we brought in for nothing. And Ari Eby has obviously come in on trial and earned himself a short-term deal. Highlight of those we've sort of paid for or given new contracts to? Well, Jalukas is clearly, by a considerable neck, the best of all time. There's still a bit of a pattern following on from the Bates area that we're getting players for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I mean Matt Smith, in terms of what he's delivered goals-wise, whilst he's clearly limited, he's still developing, um, he's fairly new to this level of the game. Do you think he's done all right? I think he's done very right. For all I've said, he was a bit shit. I think he's done quite well, really. I, I don't think... When we signed him, I think McDermott probably had ideas of bringing him off the bench and he was going to maybe try and sign someone else and he would introduce him slowly. But because we don't have any other strikers, he's played a lot. Yeah. And I still don't think we, we don't play to his strengths either and he still managed seven goals, which isn't bad for a team. For a massive man playing a team with no wingers, it's fair enough, really. He ain't let us down. Well, listen, he's the man who's enabled Ross McCormack to score lots of goals. It's strange, because I don't think they play at all as a partnership. No, I don't. <laughs> it frustrates me how McCormack... I mean, you can't really blame McCormack, because he's clearly doing very well this season, but he is never there to pick up the flicks that that Smith wins all the time. Like, it's not, in the old days, a sort of Niall Quinn, Kevin Phillips partnership. All their goals came from Niall Quinn heading it. Phillips shooting and Sunderland scoring. Whereas I seem to think most of McCormack's goals he has just sort of made himself and most of Smith's have just been headers from set pieces and things. McCormack's got 17 goals and three assists, but they haven't counted the assists for himself, which I think <laughs> contributes to a lot of them. I can remember it was... Self-made goals. Yeah. yeah, the Sheffield Wednesday one was when he 
we just couldn't create a chance, so we uh, pushed it past round their player and ran onto it and scored. Did the same at Doncaster. We couldn't get anywhere near the goal, so we just got the ball and ran until it was over the line. He's done that a few times this season, where he just it was Ipswich away as well when he um, he flicked. He didn't he head it up in the air and then bring it down again. So he sort of passed a header to himself and then shot and scored. It's not meant to be a criticism of Smith when you say one of the best things he's done from a callback is kind of not get in his way and take and take a lot of defenders out of his way as well. So he kind of attracts them to him like a big tall tower of honey and all the bees <laughs> go and buzz around Foul him. him. Yeah, go and foul him. Until, uh, yeah, and the free kicks that McCormack has scored a couple of. I'm sure Smith contributes that way too. Returning to another signing then, Luke Murphy, the headline grabber, a, a, a reported million pounds. What, what are your feelings on him? Because he's, he, he's coming in for a bit of a stick because of the price tag. I mean, if, if we'd paid, let's say, a quarter of that, and that was publicised... Which what he's worth. ...in the fee. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be attracting perhaps the same level of flack, but what do you think about him? A work in progress, obviously? I think had we not had Mowat coming into the side and seeing that he's a bit better than him and a bit younger, I, I like Murphy. I think he's got it in him. I think he'd just get bullied quite a bit. Well, it's weird. I've been thinking about it because Forrest, he was just getting pushed off the ball all over the place. But then there was also, there was the Blackburn game where he, he was the one running, running back and then he gave away a penalty and it was like borderline, really good tackle. But it was a strong challenge. And it's Rochdale as well. There were a few occasions. I mean, they're third division, fourth division players. So it should be expected. But he can be rough, but he just spends most of the time. He's like, he's like, he can, he can be rough if he's, decided he's going to do it though yeah. like if he thinks right I'm going for a hard tackle here this is me whereas if someone's just running behind him and generally shouldering him about a bit he tends to just crumble and drop to the floor and the Mowat factor is true because he's not particularly strong either so we're basically trying to make room for two soft kids <laughs> in the team at once which is difficult but I, I do like Murphy and want him to be good and I like his moustache that's and I good, like the way it, he looks a bit like Ian Snodden. It's a good reason. It's a good reason. The two good reasons I gave you that. There is, there is almost a... <laughs> it's a good thing when he's only choosing one, but not telling you which one. There's a good player in there somewhere. Yeah. We've not quite found him yet. And it yet. is, you know, I think he has got it in him. Yeah. I think he's, he, he's shown by some of the passes. Particularly he, when he's playing with the likes of Byron, the interplay down that right-hand side. Yeah. And Moat as well. He does link up well with Moat, I think. Yeah. But I think we can be a bit lightweight. And that's... We generally... They all have a bad game in midfield. And yeah. it's not one of them as a off performance and the other three make up for it. Send him to the gym with Polion. He seems incredibly wide. <laughs> <laughs> just get him lifting with, stuff. With his J-Lo booty. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he's doing in the gym, just do that. Just returning to Moat then, he's got to be down as the, the fine slash star of the season, hasn't he really? He's the only one, isn't he? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Even with McCormack's goals, I mean. I think Alex Cairns has looked well on the bench. <laughs> Better than Robka. Yeah, I mean, McCormack, it'd be, it'd be very harsh to not say McCormack's the star of the season because we'd have virtually no points without him. Mowat is the pleasant surprise. He's the, the young player of the season we never anticipated. As The yeah. icing on the cake? The, the Byron factor. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Neil's icing on Neil's cake? Neil, well, I mean... Well, why haven't we won the league then? <laughs> who would, what sort of a player would Alex Mowat even be without Neil Warnock? Well, so we're going to ask yeah. you. A bit like how he, he tutored Byron. It's refreshing, actually, to see that Moat's been tired and McDermott's taken him out of the firing line for a bit whereas last year Warnock just kept playing Byron and playing Ran him and playing him and playing him because he knew he was basically all he had because yeah. he'd signed a load of shit players <laughs> uh, one, thing, oh. one thing one thing we have noticed have, we've become a decidedly cleaner team this year haven't we 
where our disciplinary record has improved vastly under Brian. Probably because his team talks don't just involve saying get fucking stuck in yeah, <laughs> and get it twatted up the pitch. Because as we've just discussed, I mean, well, one, Brown hasn't been playing much, so that's reduced the card count. And then... You, you, imagine, know, you, know, you know, normally we would say that in almost a semi-piss-taking way. It's absolutely true. But then also, can you imagine him, like, taking Luke Murphy to one side and saying, right, I want you to get really stuck in there this afternoon, Murph. Murph. Move. <laughs> yes, yes, Move. His, that's his nickname, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Where well, you get really stuck in out there, Move. No fucking around. Go at that Joy Barton. Get right in his face. Kick him in the bollocks if you have to. It's, gee, that's your job today. Stop Barton. Don't care how many cards. You get sent off six times for all I care. Let's go ahead and stop Barton. That's the project. That's the, that's our project. You and me, Move. Give him- <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to move this club forward, get it back to where it's got to be for the, for the fans. Because we'll do it for the fans. Moof, you got to you got to get some blood on your boots. Credit <coughs> it's to, just credit not going to happen. It's like, right, as for you, Moet. <laughs> yeah, you and Clint Hill face toe to toe. Credit yeah. to Brown for trying to drag up our cards because the other week when he came on <laughs> and he, <laughs> we'd, without Brown we'd have probably four or five less, and he's hardly played. I mean, he was on for, on the pitch for two minutes the other day and he got booked. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Warner could set him up with some kind of bonus. <laughs> yeah. Extra grand if you can get yourself booked. He gets a new contract. Yeah, six six reds in a season. You get another year on your deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um, matches wise, let's do the low lights first. Worst performances then. Rochdale. Well, Rochdale. Rochdale. Yeah. yeah. Not even the, the disappointment of say Huddersfield or anything like that. Or has mm. Rochdale been more of a cumulative Huddersf- thing? Huddersfield are. A- are a reasonable they're probably about the same level as us they're a kind of a, a mid-table championship side Rochdale are a league two side and, yeah. they, and they completely took the piss of us we yes. scored against Huddersfield as well and that game could have gone either way we had chances we didn't have any in the, I think Smith had a header clear off the line against Rochdale which was kind of going wide anyway and that was it in terms of chances there's the problem whatever you say about any of our other performances this season none of them were against Rochdale that is true what about highlights of the season then we've had a few decent wins you could pick a few out there. The 4-0 Birmingham game. The Lee Clark's little face. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Birmingham's little face. I do remember coming out of the, uh, the ground and looking at my phone and seeing that you just spent all afternoon tweeting pictures of Lee Clark's face. It, <laughs> it, it sort of, yes, it well. off the day. I, I, I had to um, communicate his emotions effectively. His quivering bottom lip. Also, you know, we said, you know, perhaps highlight of the season so far, maybe the Brighton opening, opening day victory when everything just felt right. That was good, wasn't it? I went to the trouble of writing our results next to the league table as it currently stands. And there's only Ipswich above Brighton, um, who are the two teams above us that we've managed to beat. So the top five, we drew with Leicester, but then we lost to each of the next four. So it's kind of Brighton and Ipswich are our two sort of best wins in terms of league position. That's roughly how it, how it has felt this year, though, that we've mm. beaten teams that we maybe should have beaten. And, yeah. and lost to the ones that yeah. are obviously better than us. We've, we've about found our correct level, haven't yeah. we, really? Whereas it wasn't like last year when we, for some reason, beat Spurs. don't know what to think of what, this what now. What have we done? <laughs> well, as Warnock will tell you, that was the team performing to its true level. We could have been beating Spurs every week. It's just Brownie couldn't do it all himself. Just going back to these Brighton-Ipswich matches, they were both early season as well. It's worth noting with that. Teams that have, you know, uh, Ipswich, for example, have been on a, on a real streak uh, since then, then Brighton was just an opening day shock. But we we have you know, a big cluster of wins here against Middlesbrough, Bournemouth, Birmingham, Bolton, Charlton, mm. all from 15th down to 19th. I think, in a way, kind of the current... I mean, Rochdale has ruined everything for everybody. 
But I think a lot of the kind of unease about how we're doing and the the reason why some maniacs are saying things like, well, another couple of defeats and you've got to be looking at McDermott's job is because he started off pretty well and everything was looking good. And then we had a good sequence of wins and it kind of put us in a, a false position. And now when you've got 30,000 people in the ground every week, 10,000 of whom didn't go through Warnock last year. There's, there's an image. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as we lose, it's kind of, it becomes more, perhaps more of a panic. than Because if we end up finishing eighth, then it's all right. It's kind of what he said he'd do. He said, I don't start the season. It's like, we're not really looking for promotion this year. Give it a couple of years and we'll get up there. So starting off at eighth, just outside the McDermott place. McDermott has been a victim of this before, hasn't he? When he got, he got Reading promoted when... yeah. Probably shouldn't have done. If he hadn't got Reading promoted, he would have kept his job. But as it was, they went up, didn't buy that many players. And then everyone went, why aren't, you, why aren't we still winning? Yeah, this and that's right. it. His yeah. job's and then they changed manager and got relegated anyway. His and now we're not doing as well as if they'd probably kept him. His job is probably more at risk if we miss out on the playoffs by a point than if we missed out on them by 10 points. So if we do finish eighth then, Michael, mm-hmm. what, what, what score are we going to have? Then? Well, we're eighth now, so that's um, 15. Coming up. I think this is the business end of the podcast, actually. This is, we're on the home stretch now. Oh, good, good. Around the, around the final bend. Um, this section, we'll have a look at what's coming up. As the name indicates, Sheffield Wednesday first, Saturday. It's a lunchtime kickoff. For some reason, the police don't want us kicking off at 3pm. I, I don't know why that is, is it? Any, any good we don't, reason? We well, the police moved it to Sunday, didn't they? No, oh, the Sky moved it back to Saturday. Yeah. Oh, is this a, are we on Sky? Yeah. I don't check these sort of things these days, no. We don't play at three o'clock. You can pretty much say that between now and the end of the season, we're either on Sky, kicking off at lunchtime, or both, for every match. Yeah. They've all been moved now, okay. um, and they're all on the television. Hey, this is the game where the club are attempting to get us to go uh, as a, in, in a sea of gold. They're selling off the away shirts cheaper in the run-up to this match, so they want a sea of gold. Will you be partaking in the Sea of Gold or do you just think it's a massive golden shower? It's almost like they accidentally released a horrible kit and now not enough people are buying it and so they're desperate to get rid of them. It has grown on me, this kit. Well, in that case, you're a fucking imbecile. I'm not going to buy it. I'm still not going to buy it. How cheap would it have to be before you buy one? Tenner, maybe? Yeah, Yeah, probably a tenner. It's still the wrong colour. It's just the wrong shade of yellow. Sorry, gold. They, but I think they could have done a gold kit and got away with it had it not been a bit shit. Yeah. 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 The design with the blue round the shoulders and the different colour below. Shit. Not like Chubby, I'm not a million miles away from thinking there's, there's the makings of a good kit in there. So no, it's, it's shit. The wrong, it's just the wrong no, colours. It's, it's not it's shit. It's a shit design. Far too much shit out of your mouth. Yes, well... <laughs> So the, cold, the golden shower will descend on the away end at Hillsborough. Um, I would suggest those little streets around Hillsborough, you don't really want to be walking around there in a lead shirt, potentially. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, Whatever you suggest we turn Elland Road into a sea of gold. What was wrong with that idea? Everybody turn up in the away kit for a day, that's all right. It's fucking January, you don't want a and, shirt on. And if they had <laughs> you said, need, you need a coat. turn it into a sea of gold, I would have turned up in one of our actual gold shirts. I would have worn that um, uh, 97... 98, blue and gold halved. That would have shown them. Blue and yellow, that. It's, that's more gold than the current gold, alleged... Mucky. ...thing. Mucky, Mucky gold. Mucky beige. Uh, yeah, well, the lower, the lower end of, of, the away, uh, of the away stand at, at Hillsborough is closed. Why? Don't know. Whatever for. A bit petty, aren't they? He's, he's announced he's coming out of retirement, hasn't he, on Twitter as well? Old, uh, uh, yes. Aaron Corley. Aaron Corley. Yeah, he tweeted a picture of his match ticket, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. 
So the uh, obviously the custodial sentence and uh, and banning order are real. It was overturned. Well, that's what mm. he said. Yeah, I don't yes. show how a banning order is overturned. Did they decide he didn't do it? If, a, if only they'd have got it on camera. <laughs> there was a, an interesting tweet from West Yorkshire Police to Aaron, which said, "Could you follow us so we can DM you?" <laughs> I bet. Yeah, is that what they call it these days? Yeah, so that was interesting. He has been in a bit of bother since as well, hasn't he? Once or twice. Yes, you can fo- you can follow his <laughs> antics on the internet. And yeah, so closing the lower tier. He seems like a lad who likes a challenge, and he's probably still got it in for Kirkland. So that could be like a little extra entertainment. Going to be parachuting in, like uh, yeah, like. Um, more like uh, Space Invaders and he's the bullet trying to dodge through all the stewards. No Dave Jones then in this match. That might defuse it a little bit. Stuart Gray uh, is the caretaker there. Luckily doesn't rhyme with anything offensive, so there's nothing could possibly go wrong. That's good. Yeah, a good point, yeah. I mean, David Moyes barely does and that's still getting its regular period. <laughs> let's, let's not in any way stray down the particular path you're leading us down. I'm not, no, I'll stop right there. Let's talk about Chris Kirkland instead. Do you think he'll be able to cope or is it going to be like a Vietnam situation for him? What, he'll be in the Southeast Asia? I'm thinking flashbacks. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's why the lower tier is closed. But the silence can be just as affecting. What they could do is they could put a big, uh, like, you know when Arsenal had their um, <laughs> clock end renovated? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they built a new stand. They could put one of those up, but of the uh, Vietnamese jungle. Yes. I like that idea. <laughs> or if I misunderstood what you were getting at. Uh, no, maybe we could have a, a few <laughs> helicopters just randomly buzzing the stadium <laughs> during the game. That'll be the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's actually quite likely. Take a break from singing marching on together just to yell, Move and fire! Move and fire! <laughs> at Kirkland now and then. Incoming! <laughs> we shouldn't mock this... this this bad thing that's uh no it's a terrible thing that we oh did. there's been enough time now you can mock it all right you know how these things are <laughs> <laughs> you give it a few weeks don't you <laughs> do you think it'll be is it going to be don goodman and peter beagrie doing the uh the duty for sky oh, i hope so i hope something happens just to put that the, look back on beagrie's face again <laughs> i watched the um the, <laughs> the rochdale nice game on a stream from the fox soccer channel yeah people in america watching that game what must they be thinking? The other match choice they had was uh, Huddersfield against Grimsby on Fox Soccer. Did you watch the halftime show? Where halftime. The, halftime show where the presenters said, uh, so how how can Leeds change this? They got a uh, Michael Tong on the bench. He's a pacey winger who can get the ball in the, in the box. I think he said he can beat people at will. It was something very strange. Well, I happened to watch a Dutch stream and that made more sense than that by the sounds of it. Anyway. It was pretty exciting. Well, um, tw- hey, listen, Wednesday 20th, they're not very good. They've only won four matches all season. Yeah. They're rubbish and we're going to beat them, aren't we? Their Connor Wickham is their top scorer and he ain't got no more than Matt Smith and I bet he's played more games. Oh, I'm not sure he has. They only got him on loan fairly late. Mm, well, okay. the, the burning... Spoil spot. Yeah, they got him on loan, which is why, if he does score, points deducted. <laughs> At least half, <laughs> half a point off. Um, the, burn, the burning question, as always, what, what do whoscored.com say about their... Uh, strengths and or weaknesses. Well, they told me how many goals Connor Wickham has scored, but I didn't look at how many he played. Um, uh, they're very weak at keeping possession, and they're also weak at defending attacks down the wings. So, Cameron Stewart, Jimmy Kebe. Pewey. Cameron Stewart, Jimmy Kebe, and, you know, maybe Pewey. Um, they also, they attack through the middle, play long balls and crosses, and defend with an offside trap. So it's the opportunity Casey for... Matt uh, Smith. 
Michael Brown to ping some through balls to Matt Smith so he can go one-on-one with Kirkland and just <laughs> blow him over. This Mikel Antonio fellow that they've got has got three assists and three goals, so I'm he is officially my danger man. <laughs> what position does he play? Midfield. In an assisting role. <laughs> with occasional goals. Which whereabouts in midfield? Quite, is, he, is he not advanced in the... Yeah, in the, he's, quite, he's got quite an attacking role. <laughs> Where's he from? Sheffield. <laughs> he's um, eligible to play for uh, Italy. <laughs> and also... Mikhail, uh, Lithu- he could be, he could Lithuania. Be, I was going to say, he could be a little bit Russian. <laughs> yeah. Well, his... Um, but his grandma's Irish, so yeah. he'd be playing for the Republic of Ireland. Oh, and um, yeah, it's Michael O'Antonio. <laughs> oh, listen, right. Uh, what, what do you fancy us to do against Wednesday? Probably draw. <laughs> but it depends. If we get the wingers, we could surprise them with our wing play. They'll have had a whole day to get used to playing with the rest surprise of the Maybe that's our team with our wing play. Maybe that's why we've not announced signings. We're going to do that. Thing who yeah. do we want to have just in the, with Sam Vokes and yeah. once we just yeah. turned up yeah. and oh there he is yeah. <laughs> oh oh <laughs> surprise maybe we'll do that on to the Leicester game now in the last six they've lost drawn one 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 and then one um, this who's put this on the sheet the team formerly known as the argument against spending money me I like that because <laughs> that's what all we heard last. Last season, the season before, it's like, oh, just, you know, Leicester spent a lot of money and look how they're doing. Look at all the money Leicester spent. Where has it got them? Well, going up. Yeah. Top of the league by how many points? QPR of this year's argument. Third place. Not even in the automatic promotion spots. Yes, exactly. So things have moved on and people just like quietly ignore the fact that Leicester are running away with it. I mean, we don't really need to delve into the whole whoscored.com thing here because they're quite good at things, everything. Well, the... um. It is worth looking at the uh, synchronicity of their um, midfielders. Lloyd Dyer has five goals and five assists and Anthony Knockout has four and four. That's interesting. We looked at Lloyd Dyer in the last January transfer window, apparently. He's very, we, he's very quick. Could we afford him? Probably not. Which side does he play? Is he right or left? Basically, I'm saying Byron or Pugh. I believe he plays left. So He's, he's one be... of those inverted jobbies, though, so he could be anywhere. He'll, they'll put him on our shittest player, probably. He's got to be against Pierre. <laughs> so hopefully Pierce, Warnock's not back. Mm, bloody hell. Are we going to get battered here in front of a big home crowd? Because it's all stands united, all stands pay the same price, regardless of where you stand or sit. Isn't that normally the result of going, that you pay the same price? You all attend, you all suffer the same. Well, it's The quite... human cost is what I'm getting I at I understand. Here. It's quite possible as well in, in, under these circumstances, because they're quite good. But we do have a handy knack occasionally of rising to the big occasion. Can we do it? Is it all dependent on wingers? Can I ask any more questions? It's all dependent on them not absolutely hammering us. You know, if we do sign, if we do have two wingers playing in this game, it, it would change the way our games go entirely, because at the moment people can just sit on halfway line and think, not bothered, pass it around all you want there, there's no one getting in behind us, whereas if, if all of a sudden we had some players who could, it just would stretch the game and things change entirely. So I don't know. And it's worth pointing out who as well knows that we always play well with the first game of a new formation. So I'd suggest we stick with the old formation in Sheffield Wednesday and just, you know, muddle through and then we try a new formation against Leicester because that'll be the one time it'll work. Like we did against Rochdale. Ah, uh, okay, maybe not. The Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnight. This is the fortnightly award that we give to somebody who has contributed to our ongoing state of misery as Leeds United fans. Um, let's nominate some people then. Uh, Ken, obviously, 
gets his nomination for what? Well, it's sort of um, Sean Harvey's emails were topped off by his by Ken Bates and blaming Leeds City Council for not buying Thorpe Arch for him as a gift. And um, it's reminded me actually that the uh, the administration era ones when they were begging the LCC for money, that fell apart when he said that uh, we won't forget that the council haven't supported us. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Which had an inspired email to Sean Harvey from a council officer that said we'll all be watching our backs down dark alleys from now on. So basically, Ken Bates, for making Sean Harvey send a lot of foolish begging emails to the council and then topping it off with the abuse in the press like uh, like he was just coming in and going, yeah, you should have done what Sean wanted. I'm going to drop litter on your streets. (laughs) Fuck you. So him and Sean Harvey. I don't know what else you can do with the council, really, to upset them. Not pay his council tax. Yeah, you've got to pay your rates, haven't you? Um, who else do you want to nominate? It's like Ken, Ken and Sean then for this. Yeah, Sean's in there under his own. Um, and also for uh, for not approving our takeover yet, because he's clearly had that paperwork on his desk since in probably November. And he's just, it's just sat there under his coffee, isn't it? Not he's being it to the last minute like the Thorpe Arch. Who else would we like to nominate them? Well, I, I mean, <coughs> Rochdale's written down here, which is not fair. I'm not having Rochdale. That's not fair at all. No, no our but, team for losing but, to Rochdale. But they, yeah. beat, they beat us and they've caused misery. I don't think it was even... No, I think it was more... I, I think you've got to blame us for that. Are we taking that win off them and just marking it down as a Leeds United defeat? Yes. <laughs> Let the record show... There's the, a wild card entry in the next round of the cup. <laughs> Rochdale did not win. Leeds United lost. We right. sense lost. Alex, Alex Ferguson, 1992. I would yeah. say, in fact, Leeds United beat themselves with that performance. And so, on that basis, <laughs> should be in the fourth round of the cup. Who did we get? Isn't it Mansfield or something That's equally? Like, wins, isn't it? I can't remember. It was somebody like really, really pointless. How much we care. Yeah. God. So, right, okay, Rochdale for beating us, our team for beating itself against Rochdale. Um, Anthony Taylor, the referee from the Blackburn game, he, he's definitely getting my vote already. I think a bit of time's passed now, so I've forgotten just how shit he was, but I was furious at that game. Um, I would also like to nominate Harry Kewell for having the temerity to show his face again on Twitter. Very, very briefly. No, he's no, still he's still there. there. He just oh, changed yeah, his he, name. Yeah. Don't think he's oh, saying. He? He's not saying much these days. Possibly because thousands of Leeds fans are jumping on him, and quite rightly, I hope we've been busy blocking everybody on Twitter. <laughs> he won't be able to keep up. Really, that's all he'll be doing. Good. Should, block, block, block. Yeah, we laugh about it, but he fully deserves it, and he deserves to be hounded forever. Um, Buying some followers who actually like him. <laughs> <laughs> There's one here that we got off Twitter actually. Um, Stainless one two three four five. Possibly not his or her real name, but says, can I nominate uh, Santa for Villain of the Fortnight because he gave Leeds fans fuck all. But he always gives us that. A point against Blackpool? He also hashtags that with dodgy red-wearing, red-nosed twat. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. I'm happy including that as a nomination. Santa's so-called claws. Jesus? No, just thinking of other, other Christmas characters. Jesus never de- never gave <laughs> <Characters>. anybody <laughs> never gave anybody anything at Christmas. You can tell I'm deeply religious. What are the other ones? Uh, Jesus, Scrooge. Mary, Scrooge, um, Elf, yeah. and uh, who was the other one? Dudley Moore went to see him as well, didn't he? Major. The donkey, the donkey, Michael Brown, Teddy Painter. Come on. So we've got Ken and Sean for the, um, that's just come to light, Thorpe Arch fiasco. Uh, Rochdale for beating us, uh, even though they didn't. Us for beating ourselves. 
us for losing to ourselves. Anthony Taylor, Manchester born, Altrincham supporting referee in the Blackburn game. Uh, we have Harry Kuehl and Stainless, one, two, three, four, five, wanted to put forward Santa. And all well. his mates. Yeah. They're all worthy winners. It's a good list. Do we have a consensus? Michael's already going for... I mean, long-term Kuehl deserves it, but there'll be other opportunities to nominate Kuehl, I feel. I, th- I think Kuehl needs to go through his career without ever winning anything. Champions League doesn't count because uh, he fucks he up. He's terrible. Yeah. With his injury. Yeah, Harry Kuehl gets nothing from me. Harvey. He's, Harvey's he's a always repeat, a good shout. He's a repeat winner, isn't he? Yeah. He's a repeat winner. But we need to keep him sweet for this... Signing off the takeover business. Yeah. We need, to, we need to be a little bit let's temporarily see, let, nice. To, let's see how it plays out, yeah. And he always looked nice in those yeah. glasses. Friends And that close. leather coat. Friends close, enemies closer. And over the Christmas holidays, by the way, the baby Jesus holidays, Raiders of the Lost Ark was on telly, so it was nice yeah. to see him put in uh, an entertaining turn there on uh, on the BBC. The Rochdale business. Who's culpable for that? Keith Hill. Hills. Who who are we giving the villain of the Fortnite award Clint to? Hill. <laughs> That fucking ref. Yeah. Yes. Anthony Taylor, Manchester-born Altrincham supporting ref in the Blackburn game. Yeah, good. And this is one where we could probably get, we could probably gang up, get Ross McCormack in a car. Noel Hunt will probably come along if he's fit enough. Because he's got nothing else to do. <laughs> I will go around his house. And Don't we'll... bring your boots, Noel. <laughs> next, next time Ross McCormack's got some fly tipping to do, Anthony Taylor's driveway. <laughs> and we can drop off his award while we're all there. Any other business? All there is left to say then is look out for issue six of the square ball. Um, our new issue of the fanzine will be out for the Leicester match. You can use it to shield your eyes. <laughs> rise early, because um, it's an early kickoff. Earlier than earlier than you were going to do anyway. All rise. So grab that when it goes on sale against Leicester, um, and you can still get issue five from us as well. That's available at the squareball.net. Um, well, to from me, and bye from Michael. Goodbye. Moscow White. Bye-bye. And Oddie. Goodbye. Reach us at The Square Ball on Twitter. Find us on Facebook and drop us an email to podcast at thesquareball.net. We'll be back in a fortnight. We'll speak to you then. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.